Welcome to the next episode of our Life Group Study. Uh, presently, we're looking at Romans chapter 11. Uh, this chapter is a part of a section in Paul's letter to the Romans in which Paul is explaining what has happened to the nation of Israel with regards to Jesus and the gospel. And he's answering the question, why have they, the nation of Israel, God's holy nation, rejected Jesus and the gospel when the Gentiles haven't? And in answering this question, he gives us great insight into God's ways and into how he is in accordance with his purpose and will, bringing the salvation of his elect to pass in the most unique way. In the last episode, Ian took us through verses 1 to 10 of this chapter. And we saw that even though most of the nation of Israel at Paul's time, and right through even to this present time, have rejected the gospel, not everyone in Israel has. There is a remnant that was foreknown and chosen by God according to his grace that has believed the gospel and been saved. They've not gone the way of the majority. Uh, God has preserved them and he's kept them for himself. And as a result, they have be embraced Christ and the gospel, even though the majority hasn't. Uh, Paul called this the remnant, and he said that he was one of the remnant, part of this remnant. However, the rest of the nation, those who were not God's elect, Paul says were hardened. And he tells us how they were hardened. He tells us in verse 8 that God gave them a spirit of stupor, eyes that would not see, ears that would not hear, down to this very day. And it's this hardening that resulted in all those who were hardened, failing to see that the sacraments and ordinances of the law were just a foreshadowing of the works of Christ and not their means of salvation as they had thought them to be. They were blinded to this truth because of the hardness of their heart. They just could not see it. And as a result, Paul said in verses 9 and 10 that the law, their table, became a stumbling block and a retribution to them. What was meant to point them to Christ so that they might be saved through faith in Christ, stopped them going to Christ and caused them to reject him. So that's basically what we saw in verses 1 to 10. And then Paul moved on to what we want to read and study today, which is found in verses 11 to 15. And so what we want to do now is we just want to read this passage, Romans 11, verses 11 to 15. And then we're going to break it up and we're going to do a full study of these particular verses. So let's just read it. Verse 11. So I ask, did they, and here he's talking about Israel, did they stumble in order that they might fall? By no means. Rather, through their trespass, salvation has come to the Gentiles so as to make Israel jealous. Now, if their trespass means riches for the world, and if their failure means riches for the Gentiles, how much more will their full inclusion mean? Now, I am speaking to you Gentiles, inasmuch then as I am an apostle to the Gentiles. I magnify my ministry in order somehow to make my fellow Jews jealous, and thus save some of them. For if their rejection means the reconciliation of the world, what will their acceptance mean but life from the dead. So this is the passage that we want to study in this episode, and it starts out with a question, a question which Paul answers emphatically. What is the question? Well, he asks, did they, that's the nation of Israel, stumble in order that they might fall? And then he answers this question by saying, by no means. In other words, not in a thousand years, never is that the case. He absolutely rules it out. So let's consider this question and ask ourselves, when Paul used the words stumble and fall, those two words, stumble and fall, 
what was he referring to? Maybe you can just pause the video for a moment and discuss this amongst yourselves. I'll leave the question on the screen and then once you're through with discussing it, just hit the play button again and uh, we'll resume the study. Well, welcome back. I wonder what your answer to our question was. If you concluded that the word stumble refers to Israel's rejection of Christ and the gospel, and that the word fall refers to it being the end of the road for them, then you are correct. You see, the point Paul is making here is simply this. What has happened to Israel as a nation, in other words, their current rejection of Christ and the gospel, does not mean that God is through with them as a nation. In other words, that it is the end of the road for them as God's nation or that they will never be his nation again. The current situation in which there is only a small minority of Israelites being saved is not going to be the permanent situation. That's what Paul is trying to say. They have not stumbled so as to fall. So having established this point, Paul then goes on to tell us what has happened has not happened apart from God's plan. In fact, God has a very clear and distinct purpose for it all. Look at what he wrote in the second part of verse 11. He said, rather through their trespass, salvation has come to the Gentiles so as to make Israel jealous. What has happened to the nation of Israel, their trespass, which is their rejection of Christ or the, and the gospel as a result of God giving them that spirit of stupor that we saw about in verse 8, has not happened to them because God is through with them as a nation and has therefore rejected them as a nation forever. Rather, we're told in verse 11 that it has happened for this very specific reason. Firstly, so that salvation might come to the Gentiles and secondly, so that Israel might be made jealous. So let's just consider for a moment this thought that God has chosen to use Israel's rejection of Christ and the gospel and their antagonism towards Christ and the gospel to bring salvation to the Gentiles. I'd like you just to pause the video again and read the portions of scripture that will come up on your screen. As you read them, consider together how God used the hostility of the Jews towards Christ and the gospel to ensure the spreading of the word of God amongst the Gentiles. So those, those passages will come up on your screen right now. And then once you're through with the discussion, just press the play button again and we'll resume our study. Welcome back. I hope you were able to see from these passages how God has used Israel's hardness of heart and their subsequent rejection of the gospel to bring salvation to the Gentiles. Let's now consider the second aspect of God's purpose in all of this. His plan to use the salvation of the Gentiles to provoke the Jews to jealousy. God's purpose in all this, in His hardening of Israel as a nation and their subsequent rejection of Christ and the gospel, is even greater than just bringing salvation to the Gentiles. It is also to make Israel jealous. So let's stop for a moment and ask why God would want to make them jealous and if this jealousy is a positive or negative thing. So just once again, just pause the video and discuss this amongst yourself and then press play and come back and we'll resume our study.
Welcome back once again. I wonder what you concluded from your discussions. Uh, is this jealousy a positive or negative thing? The answer is found in this passage in verses 13 to 14. Let me just read them to you. Paul says, Now I'm speaking to you Gentiles, inasmuch then as I am an apostle to the Gentiles, I magnify my ministry in order somehow to make my fellow Jews jealous and thus save some of them. Clearly, we can see from these two verses that Paul saw this jealousy as a positive thing. He wanted to do all that he could to provoke the Jews to jealousy. So we have to ask, why did he see it as a positive thing? Well, he tells us right here in these two verses, it would lead to their salvation. Isn't this an incredible thought? That Paul saw the way to get Israel saved was to get the Gentiles saved. He saw that the fulfilling of what we know as the Great Commission, that is the taking of the gospel to the nations, would provoke Israel as a nation to jealousy and ultimately lead to their salvation. What does this mean to us? Well, it means that if we want to see Israel saved, we need to do all that we can to fulfill the Great Commission. And this is exactly what Paul said he did. Why did he do so? He understood that this was the way God had designed for it to happen. Israel's rejection results in the Gentile salvation, and the Gentile salvation results in Israel being provoked to jealousy, which in turn results in them being saved. I don't know if you've ever seen the inner workings of a watch, a conventional watch. I'm not talking about a digital one. There are these tiny little cogs in that watch that are all turning in the opposite way. And you wouldn't think that cogs turning in the opposite direction would enable a watch to keep time, but that is exactly what they do. And do you know that God's plan is like the workings of that kind of a watch? It has cogs that seem to be working in opposite directions, that seem to be working against each other, and yet they are actually working together to achieve His eternal purpose, both for Israel as a nation and for the Gentiles. Israel's rejection of the gospel results in the salvation of the Gentiles, and the salvation of the Gentiles results in Israel being provoked to jealousy and thereby being saved. To me, that's, it's quite amazing just to see how God has put this all together. Now, to finish off today's study, let's now look at verses 12 and 15. Verse 12 says, Now, if their trespass means riches for the world, and if their failure means riches for the Gentiles, how much more will their full inclusion mean? Let's just ask two questions about this verse. Firstly, what are the riches that Paul is talking about when he says Israel's trespass means riches for the world and their failure means riches for the Gentiles? Secondly, what does Paul mean when he talks about Israel's full inclusion? So let's look at the first of these two questions. What are the riches Paul is talking about in this verse? To answer this question, let's just consider verse 12 in conjunction with verse 15. In verse 12, he says that their trespass means riches for the world. And then in verse 15, he says their rejection means the reconciliation of the world. The riches he is talking about, that's Israel's trespass and rejection, resulted in the reconciliation of the world. In other words, it is the reconciliation of the nations to God. That's the riches that Paul is talking about here. In Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 8, Paul calls these riches the unsearchable riches of Christ. And in Ephesians 2, he describes these riches in some detail. And what I'd like to do is I'd like to just read just seven verses from this chapter, Ephesians chapter 2. I'd like to read from verse 11 to 13 
and then from verses 17 to 20. So let's just read these verses together. Therefore remember that at one time you Gentiles in the flesh, called the uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, which is made in the flesh by hands, remember that you were at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. So there we see Paul is describing the spiritual state of the nation of Israel uh, before they came to Christ, before they came to faith in Christ. He continues in verse 13. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Let's just drop down to verse 17 and read through to verse 20. And he came, that's Christ, came and preached peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. For through him... We both have access in one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone. Right there is this description of the riches that have come to the Gentiles because of the Israelites' rejection of the gospel. It's their trespass that has brought this rich richness to the Gentiles, that which Paul is describing here. So we've looked at the first question and we've seen what Paul meant by riches. Now let's look at the second question. What did Paul mean when he talked about Israel's full inclusion? The answer is found in verse 15 as well. For if their rejection means the reconciliation of the world, what will their acceptance mean? When Paul speaks of their full inclusion, He is speaking about their acceptance as a nation by God. In other words, they're being brought back into the fold. And he poses this, this this full inclusion as being the opposite of their rejection. So with that all understood, to complete our study of verse 15, we must ask one more question. What will Israel's full inclusion, their acceptance, their being brought back into the fold, mean to the Gentiles? Paul asks this question at the end of verse 15 and he answers it. And so this is what we want to look at. In verse 12, he says it will mean much more to the Gentiles than what Israel's rejection meant to them. And that is an incredible statement. He said in verse 12, now if their trespass means riches for the world and if their failure means riches for the Gentiles, how much more will their full inclusion mean? And then in verse 15, he gets even more specific And he says, for if their rejection means the reconciliation of the world, what will their acceptance, in other words, their full inclusion mean, but life from the dead? What does Paul mean by life from the dead when he talks about life from the dead? Well, there's several different explanations that have been proposed by theologians over the years. But this is what I believe. The salvation of Israel as a nation will result in the consummation of all God's promises and purposes. All the promises that he has made and all the purposes that he's determined since the beginning of time. Their rejection, Israel's rejection, resulted in the reconciliation of the Gentiles to God. And their acceptance, Israel's acceptance, will result in the consummation of all his promises and purposes as declared in Scripture. You see, the inclusion of Israel, the bringing back of Israel into the fold, the restoration of Israel as God's nation will be God's final act in the great plan of redemption that he's been working out since the fall, way back since Adam sinned in the very beginning. 
and it will result in the full and final consummation of all the outstanding prophetic promises of God. Let me just read a quotation from uh, Paul Kretzmann to you. Um, this is what Paul, Paul Kretzmann wrote, and we'll put it up on the screen for you to follow along. He said, The gospel of the reconciliation of God with man, as accomplished in Christ, was carried out into the heathen world, and he means by that the Gentile world, as a result of the rejection of the Jews. But if this punishment of the Jews had such a blessed result, what blessings, what life will flow from their acceptance? When the remnant out of Israel has been converted to the Messiah, then the object of God will have been realized. Then will come the glorious life in and with Christ through all eternity. Then both Jews and Greeks will inherit through faith the kingdom which was prepared for them before the foundation of the world. You see, it's when Israel comes back, when God restores Israel as a nation to himself, that it will be the catalyst, it will be the beginning of God fulfilling all his prophetic promises. And it will result in death being swallowed up in victory, and out of the corruption and decay of this present age will rise a creation in which there will be neither death, nor pain, nor crying, nor sorrow, for the old order of things will have passed away, and God will have made all things new. And that's why Paul says it's going to be even more wonderful when Israel comes in, the blessing that, we, that will result from Israel's full inclusion will be much more than the blessing that has resulted from their rejection. In other words, as the apostle said, Israel's acceptance will mean life from the dead. In this vein, let me leave you with a verse to contemplate as we close. And this verse is found in the book of Revelation, chapter 10. It's verse 7 of that chapter. Uh, let me just read it to you. Um, it says, but, it, that, but that in the days of the trumpet call to be sounded by the seventh angel, the mystery of God would be fulfilled, just as he announced to his servants the prophet. In other words, in the days when the seventh trumpet is about to sound and be sounded by the seventh angel, John says in Revelation 10, 7, that the mystery of God will be fulfilled just as he announced to the servants his, prophet, his servants, the prophets. So what is the mystery of God that will be fulfilled at this time? I believe it is the very mystery that Paul is talking about here in Romans chapter 11. It's the fulfillment of, of what he's talking about here in Romans chapter 11, the full inclusion of the nation of Israel, the restoration of the nation of Israel, their acceptance back as God's holy people that will result in the full and final consummation of all God's promises and purposes as declared in Scripture. And to me, that's a wonderful thought. Well, that's it for this episode. I pray that you've learned something from it and that your understanding of this passage has, passage has been deepened and that you're gaining greater insight into the ways of God. Ian will be back in two weeks' time to continue leading this study. And until we, we're back together again, may the Lord bless you, may He keep you, and may He give you peace. Amen.